The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. All right, good day, whatever day it is that you may be listening to this or watching it. We are on podcasts all over the place. If you just go to our screen on Facebook or YouTube, uh, you will find the, oh my gosh, I think it's 27 places you can find us. And it's only because of our exceptional producer, Garth, uh, that that's possible. So it's The View from a Pew. It's a new show, but yet we continue to talk about one of my least favorite things to, to, to think about, but one of the most favorite things to help people understand. Amen. And that is, what does the Bible say about sin? And we've already looked this week at the fact, the Bible tells us that sin leads to death. This is nasty, dangerous stuff. Don't mess around with it, is what God tells us, because God gave us life. He wants us to have life, but sin leads to death. The second point that we talked about last time was that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that doesn't mean that, okay, well, I'm a sinner, but I'm not nearly as bad as you, Mac, because you did this or that. No, 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 we're all in the same boat. We're all lost sinners, and we all fall way short of the glory of God. Yeah, I I always say that sinning is like pregnancy. You either are or you're not. Exactly. Or uh, there's no such thing as a good enough Christian or not a good enough Christian. Right. You either are or you're not. Okay, now something to help define what sin is in the Bible is real clear. Sin is breaking the law of God. Okay? Back in Eden, Garden of Eden, God gives one clear command. Don't eat the fruit on this particular tree. Right. Don't do it. And what does mankind do? They break the command that God has given to them. They don't listen to God. They don't trust in him. Well, and they trust in the devil. That's right. Yeah. I mean, not only did they not listen to God, but it was the devil that said, ah, he won't mind. You won't die. Which creates this whole scenario of a, a great controversy between good and evil that's taking place. So later on in, in uh, biblical history, the children of Israel are led to Mount Sinai, and God reveals the Ten Commandment law. Yep. He writes his ways down in laws, specific laws, so that they can understand better. Now, later on, Jesus says that the law is about love to God and love to man. It certainly is, but it is defined by those specific things that are listed there in the Ten Commandments that says, don't do this, don't do this, and don't do this. There are laws or commands that God gives. And when we sin, we break those commands that he's given to us. Yeah, I've always heard the first four are for our relationship with God, and the last six is the relationship with people. That's right. Our fellow brothers and sisters. That's right. And we break both categories. <laughs> we, we fall short of that. First John chapter 3 
and verse 4 says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. That's what the nature of sin is. That helps us define sin. Sin is not some moral stain in my life. It's not just that, but it is also breaking specific commands that God has given to us. God gives laws, and you've heard the illustration before, it's better to have a fence at the top of the cliff than an ambulance down at the bottom, right? Right. Yeah. So God tells us before we go through and go over the cliff and hit the bottom, he tells us don't do that because he loves us and he wants us to have the best kind of life. So when Jesus says, if you love me, you will follow my commandments, that means we don't sin and we know that's not possible, but Jesus still loves us even through our worst or our calculated or our ongoing sin. He loves us, and through the work of the Holy Spirit, he is bringing sanctification into our lives to help us to live better lives. I may not live a perfect life here on this earth, but as long as I follow the Holy Spirit, and when I fall, I go back to confessing my sin before him, and I want more of the Holy Spirit, my life does begin to change. There is a reality of of what God is doing in my heart. Yeah. Going back to this title that we were using this week, Crouching at the Door, here is what God says to Cain. And remember, this is after they, they have the little showdown about they were supposed to bring their sacrifices. Yeah. Abel brings the lamb sacrifice like God said. Cable, or Cain does not do that. Cain says, hey, listen, I got a lot of good fruit and veggies. I'm going to bring them and sacrifice them before God. He does that. God does not accept that offering because God was waiting for him to obey and bring the lamb sacrifice which he refuses to do. So God says to him, verses 6 and 7, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? He knew that, uh, that Cain was mad and angry. If you do well, God says, will you not be accepted? All you have to do is just obey, follow my command. And if you do not do well, sin lies my, my Bible says here, lies at the door, but it's more like the idea of crouching at your door. Right. It's like a dangerous animal that's there that wants to destroy you. Yeah. It's interesting that C.S. Lewis used an animal in the idea that the Holy Spirit represented the hounds of heaven, and eventually yes. they follow you and catch you. However, when it comes to sin, it's sin crouching at your door. It's right there. It's right outside that door. It is. And it's doing push-ups, waiting for you to come out. <laughs> and it will be strong. But God wants us to understand sin is a clear breaking of the law. Now, my problem is, is that on my own, I am weak. And the law, you know what the law does? And Paul says this very well in Romans chapter 7. What the law does is to condemn me because I'm a sinner. If I'm trying to, to be a righteous person, if I'm trying to show my holiness, I, I really can't 
read the law and take it for face value because it's still condemning me. If I'm honest, if I'm, I'm true to what the Bible is really teaching, I recognize that I have fallen way short of what God's standard is. And therefore, I need the power of God, and I cannot uh, do this on my own. You're listening to The View from a Pew on your local radio station, as well as about 27 podcast sites, including some visual. Uh, we appreciate you being here. I'm Mac McCoy. My co-host is Delmar Austin, and we're answering the question today, what does the Bible say about sin? I got a question. Yes. I know you hate that because I bump into your schedule. No, no, but... no, no. So if I if I commit a sin, and it, it by 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 committing that sin, I hurt somebody else. Yes. Um, if I don't repent or don't accept that I have sinned against them, what does Jesus say about that? You know, I I am a person who doesn't have any problem to go before my worst enemy and say, you know, I kind of screwed up. And I apologize. Please forgive me. But there are people that won't do that. Right. What happens to those people and their sins? Well, Jesus says, uh, and I forget the exact passage, uh, but he says, before bringing your offering, you know, to the temple as a sacrifice, uh, if you have offended somebody, you go to them first. Wait and do that, and you you settle things with that person, and then you go and receive the sort of the approval uh, for your recognition of 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 sin, your repentance before God. Okay. All so right. God God wants us to do that. That's part of the whole process of recognizing our sin. Well, and it, Jesus talks about this in the parable of the workers in the vineyards, which. Sometimes, even when I hear that and I'm thinking about another human, well, that's not fair. I've been doing this since I was blank, blank, blank. Well, then there are people like you that come to me and say, well, I've got four blanks. You only have two. But that's not the way Jesus sees it. With the, with the parable of the, uh, of the workers, it is people that still begin to think that really it's all the good things that I've done that, that brings about salvation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm better than that person. I'm not as, you know, I haven't done some of the, of the awful things that they did, so I must be better in God's sight. And God says, no, we all need the same thing. When, those, and, when, the, when Jesus uh, went to those people and he said, I don't know you, and they say, well, we've, we've, we've preached in your name, we baptized in your name. What was missing there for Jesus to say, I don't know you? Somehow, um, we don't have a deep sense of, of the gospel message. We have, okay. we have blanked out on understanding really what the gospel message is about. We all have such a need of God's forgiveness. We, don't, we quit comparing ourselves to each other all the time okay. and saying, oh, well, I'm better than him and I'm better than her. No, no, no. I am lost as much as anybody else. It doesn't matter what's beside my name. If I have some great title or if I've, I've, I've been a Christian for so many years, that's not it. I am still lost without the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow in our fi uh, final show for the week. But uh, I, I like this comment and that broken relationships with others. What did God to do to restore those relationships? And it could be in politics, religion, science, race, climate, 
what do we do? We we are a very broken uh, people in a broken world. I resemble that role. And we get we get into all sorts of broken relationships with people. And God doesn't want that. God created us for relationships. He created Adam and Eve to have this unique connection with each other. But all of humanity, he, he wants this to take place. God intends that. And that's what sin destroys. Sin is, sin is breaking the law of God. We said that real clearly. But part of that is because when we do those kind of behaviors, we break down relationships, not only with him, but the people all around us. On our next The View from a Pew, we will discuss grace resolves, resolves all the problems of sin. And, of course, we'll go to what the Bible says. I'm Mac McCoy for Delmar Austin. We thank you for listening. I uh, love this job. Couldn't do it without you. And, of course, we also could not do it without your feedback or input. Feel free to email us at Mac, M-A-C, like macaroni, at theviewfromapew.com. Love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear your disagreements or Maybe you think we're doing a pretty good job, but I'm okay with pretty good, but we're not perfect, and we're always interested in having you tell me, us, what we could do better for you. We want to thank our sponsor for our around-the-world broadcast, DivineTruthChristian.com. Uh, there is a bricks-and-mortal building in Omaha, Nebraska at 84th and Harrison, but no matter where you are, Moses, are you listening over in Africa? Brother, you can go to that website and order whatever you want. Again, it's Divine Truth Christian Store. Where you'll find more.